Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Welcome, friends, to another r malicious compliance video. If you want to do one good deed today, make sure to hit those like and subscribe buttons down below. That said, our first story of the day is by Game of Thrones Addict. I am a bad employee? Okay. This happened a couple of years ago. I just still feel angry every once in a while about my time with this company and working for my managers for multiple reasons. This may or may not fit exactly with malicious compliance, but it felt good to do so. So, for about 8 months, I worked at one location of an office supply chain store. My position was a tech sales supervisor, essentially when someone comes up for a computer, printer, label maker, etc. Pretty much everything electronic that the store sells, I help customers with and answer questions. During that time of helping, we have to ask a series of questions trying to get at upselling other things in the store, and also our in-store warranties to convince them to buy more things, so essentially the company can make a bigger profit off of each customer. My direct manager was overseeing the sales of the entire store, and since my department was where the big ticket items were, he worked more extensively with my coworkers and me in that department more than most others. And since I was the supervisor of that department, that meant he would hound me the most often. Now, I admit that I quickly realized I didn't have a strong sales skill, which is one of the things that lead to the eventual decision to leaving. Though how he treated me was a strong reason too, he and I had very different personalities that conflicted, or rather, he was too conflicting in and of himself and he didn't realize it. Examples include, I could count on two hands how often he would confide in me that he doesn't know why customers would turn him down when he tried to upsell to them, and only by the things that they came in for and nothing else. Then in the next breath, 10 minutes later, when I would talk with a customer, he'd complain that I'm not succeeding at that very same thing he was ranting about him struggling with just moments before. He would list 5-10 to things for me to get done that day. I'd start working on them, but then later he would find me and complain that I'm not doing what I should be doing, and part of my job is severely lacking, even though I was doing what he told me to do that morning. They seemed to limit the number of employees down to, most of the time during the week, only one person was on each department or station at any given time. This would lead to me missing sales opportunities because I was with one customer already and another would walk in and just grab something in my department and go buy it. Every other time this would happen, he'd complain I missed another opportunity, even when I explained to him why, that didn't seem to matter to his small brain. Not being able to clone myself and be in two places at once is a flaw that can be held against me. One day I walked into work and I realized the day before my sales manager made a huge sale with a computer. A couple of software items needed to be installed, in which it was in the process of doing since it was hooked up from the day before. Normally, with certain items being installed, we work with a third-party IT company that works with the computer remotely to set things up. During this particular time in computer though, there was some issue with one of the software pieces that the customer bought, and the IT department was having a hard time in setting it up. It ended up taking all day, and the customer eventually got tired of waiting and just returned everything. That of course made my sales manager pissed when I told him, and of course within a week, I got my first official write-up. With the write-up, it was with my sales manager and the store manager. 
During the write-up conversation, my sales manager brought up all the examples as mentioned earlier as why the write-up was happening. He brought up my sales ability was severely lacking when it came to the in-store warranties as well as upselling other things. He brought up me missing opportunities with customers I didn't talk to at all. He brought up that I didn't get things done that needed to be done. In this whole time, I was contemplating my response when he was outlining why I was the subject of this disciplinary meeting, thinking that this could be the result of what happened the week before. After he was finished, I began asking my own questions. The first response being that, those are good points. However, you did mention my sales ability. How is it that you're using that as one of the reasons when you yourself have told me that even you're struggling to get the customers you've talked to to bite on and buy more than what they came in for? He acted taken aback for a moment before asking what I meant. I retorted with, oh, you don't remember the times in which you told me yourself? You don't know why customers aren't buying things from you? The person who's twice my age and has been here for 20 years? He became a bit frustrated at my smart butt remark and said, This meeting isn't about me at all. Let's stay focused here. As he goes off about the other points he made as well, trying to get off that subject quickly, during which time the store manager had yet to say anything. After he's done speaking, I brought up another point he made. You say I missed opportunities with customers and when I didn't speak to them. The only reason as to why I would do that is because I would be talking to another customer that came in first. I'm not about to ditch one customer just to start chatting up another. I would think that doesn't look professional on my part. We severely need more than just one person in my department at any given moment, if that's something that corporate's upset about, and that would even help with me not getting certain things done as well. Getting increasingly flustered, he cut me off there and stated, It's not in the budget at this time to increase other people's hours. With you being the only full-time employee in your department, it's expected that you're the one that has to work, and it's on your shoulders to keep your department in good shape, and apparently you're not able to. Maybe this isn't the best job for you if you can't keep up. The managers pressured me to sign their write-up form to acknowledge that we all went over this. After that, I was fuming mad and took my first 15-minute break for the day to calm myself down. Knowing that nothing would be changed, fighting this would be a moot point. After about a month's time of looking, I found another job which was going to start me the following week. That next day, I walked in, went up to the sales manager, and handed him my company-provided t-shirts and quit. He acted all shocked, stating, But we need you. Your shift starts in 10 minutes. I sighed and stared back at him, saying, You know what? I thought about what you said and you were right. I'm not up for this job. Then I turned back and left. This was February of 2020 when this happened. I went to that store recently just out of curiosity and to buy some ink for my printer and there were not even five customers in the store including myself. There wasn't even anyone working on my old department from what I saw. Guess they didn't replace me either. Talked to one of my ex-co-workers and she said that the company had to resort to selling video games and consoles to keep up with them losing money. I couldn't help but laugh. Well, to be fair, I guess as a retailer, if you can get in on this whole game console thing as of late, there probably is money to be made if you can get stock in. If you had a manager that was raking you over the coals and then blaming you for coming up short when you're being shorthanded, would you dump them for the first equally if not better job elsewhere? Let me know in the comments down below. Our next story is by Ten Shimki. Daisy chain power extenders to make power cables tidier at the risk of power trip? Sure. I was involved in a pilot project and we had to do a proof of concept. 
We proceeded to set up several terminals on a room and connect each terminal to the nearest power outlet. I think we had over 10 terminals. When everything was done, it did look a bit messy, but we tried our best to make it look as nice as possible. When we were packing up for the day, a manager from another department decided to pay us a visit. He was furious about how untidy the whole setup was and demanded we redo the power cables because they're not tucked all the way to the back where nobody can see them. He told me to use the power outlet at the rear as the main source of power and daisy chain power extenders to reach the terminals. I told him that by following this method, it's dangerous and will definitely trip the power. He told me off and said that's insubordination and I'm setting a bad example for the rest of the team by not following orders from higher management. Cue malicious compliance. I told the whole team to follow the manager's instructions despite the obvious dangers. After he checked that all cables were neat and tidy, he told us to go home and not do anything else since it might ruin the setup. Pretty funny statement coming from someone who has just ruined it. Day of the test came, and to nobody's surprise, the power tripped once we turned on all the terminals. I did not land myself in hot water, but had to explain to the stakeholders what happened and was told to be more assertive in my argument from my manager. Roll eyes. Not sure what happened to that manager, but that was the last time anyone outside of my department tried to meddle with us. Well, I'm glad for OP and their department's sake that this was actually properly reviewed and it seems to have been properly laid out as these people know what they're doing, don't force them to do some kind of jank alternative option, especially if they're advising against it. This next story is by SpecialistGate9081. Actual cause of fender bender wanted to go through insurance. A quick one, got in a minor fender bender from behind. The person behind me was adamant it was my fault. I offered to not go through insurance because it wasn't a big deal. My damage resulted in a cosmetic crack to my right side slash passenger side bumper. The person who hit me had a broken front end light. Left side, driver's side, in case you care. She was adamant it was my fault and demanded we go through insurance to ensure I would be responsible for her damages. Whatever. Fast forward a few weeks, insurance company paid me the cost of my deductible for the damages from her insurance. Well, it just goes to show that this person has no clue how right away goes, who's in the wrong clearly. All I know is in situations where you can avoid going to your insurance, it's usually a good idea to do so if there's a chance of you being at fault, but this lady was dead sure that she wasn't wrong. And our final story of the days by Jaya Papaya, push me to keep drawing things for you? Be careful what you wish for. I just published the first episode of my webcomic, which reminded me of this event a few years ago. Context, I just moved across the country to the west coast of the US and started high school at a hybrid homeschool. Think a college-like schedule but with stay-at-home parents and a nursery to accommodate the babies they brought. I'd been in Montessori, Charter, Private Catholic, Magnet, and just regular old public school, so I stood out like a sore thumb to my classmates who'd been homeschooled since, well, forever. The other girl in this story was one of those kids. Let's call her Betty. We'd gotten along pretty well. We sat together in a few core classes and both had an interest in creative writing. I was pretty decent at drawing at the time and still doodle pretty regularly. This caught her attention and pretty soon we had a relationship of her stashing away the loose leaf drawings I didn't want, which was fine by me as it was mutual. But as most artists can tell you, sometimes people get a little too comfortable with requests 
and start to get pushy. Malicious compliance, Betty and I were both in the after-school theater program, and rehearsals took a long time, especially when you were a background character waiting for your cue. So I had my sketchbook and began drawing some old OCs, a married couple just interacting in general. Now, Betty really, really loved these characters. She thought they were adorable. At this point, I think she had about 30 different pages of drawings of characters from this series. So when she asked me to draw some more, I didn't mind and made a quick sketch of them hugging. She tilts her head at it, like she's content with it but expected more. She hands it back to me and asks if I could make more. I was already on another set of characters from the series, so I told her I would once I finished this other doodle. The moment I put the pen down, she asks if I'm done and if I can make her more. I just accepted it as enthusiasm for my work, but it irked me a little that she couldn't wait a bit longer. So I make her another drawing, and she makes the same request for more. After about three more drawings, I finally had it. You want these two characters interacting so bad? I'll give it to you. A little thing about Betty was that she came from a very religious background, and many of her classmates at the homeschool did too. Certain topics were just not discussed in the open with a blasé attitude. I, however, hung out with the otaku, fujoshi, furry fangirls while at public school, which meant lots and lots of anime content of various types, exposure. That, combined with very literal and rational parents, sex was just a typical run-of-the-mill occurrence. We eat, we drink, we sleep, and we freak. And if you're married, you presumably freak your partner. I think you can all see where this is going. With a smile, I take the paper back, fold a small corner so she and myself could hide it easily, and proceed to draw the wife getting drilled the freak down. Lots of detail in all the right places pleasurable face, sweat drops, all the sound effects around them. Took about a minute. I handed it back to her and went, here, I hope you like this one. Her look of excitement quickly fades and she goes silent. I feel a little bad as I remember she's not used to explicit things like me, so I go back to drawing. We finish up rehearsals, go home, and that was it. The conclusion, the next day during class break, Betty comes up to me and sheepishly goes, If you're not busy, would you be able to draw something for me, please? I smiled and replied, I'm not busy at all, and thank you for asking. What would you like? Betty and I have been best friends nearly seven years. What I want to know is what was that sheepish request? Was it sheepish because they felt bad for asking, or because they want more of what OP drew for them? Did they awaken something in them? It must not have been too bad considering they've been friends for seven years, right? But then again, Opie said it wasn't that crazy to draw that kind of stuff to begin with, so... But with that being said, that's all the time we have for today. So of all these stories I've read today, which is your favorite and why? Let me know in the comments down below. And if you haven't yet, if you could like and subscribe, that would mean a lot to me. Whatever you do, whether it's liking, subscribing, turning notifications on, all of it helps grow this channel and I appreciate the heck out of it. So until next time, I'll see you all tomorrow with some more stories.